0: You're listening to South Bend Beat, produced by Alpha Dog Podcast. I put on,
1: I put on, I put on, I put on, for my city. on, on, for my
0: city. From my city, oh oh from my city, oh oh from my city. When they see me out in traffic, they say Jesus and mother. Sit the pla This week on South Bend Beat we have Myron Larimer. Myron has served as the CEO of the South Bend Area realtor since 2011. Um, he's served professionally in the realtor organization for 25 years. Uh, so he kind of has his finger on the pulse of everything real estate in this area. And Obviously, we talked about real estate as a whole. We talked about real estate in the age of COVID and um, kind of how it changed as far as his outlook from mid-March when we first went into the shutdown to now and what has actually played out. Uh, And then we wrapped up with some Answer the Internet questions that were, uh, as usual, off the cuff and pretty fun. So enjoy this week's episode with Myron Larimer. So are you from South Bend originally?
1: No, I grew up in the Chicago area, actually, northwest Indiana. Uh, Grew up in Hammond. Uh, That's
0: called the region, right? The region, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: uh, (laughs) An old school region, Rad.
0: Yeah actually one of my previous jobs I worked with a guy who wrote the book Region Rat.
1: Okay, um, interesting. So
0: that's how I kinda get got to know the area but yeah. And the region take a lot of pride
1: in that area, huh? Oh yeah. And and when I went to college, uh, the joke was basically, you know, everybody from the region carried a knife and you wouldn't you can't imagine how many <laughs> times when I went to Ball State I'd tell somebody I was from the region, they'd say, Okay, let me see your knife. Yeah. Yeah, so, so- okay, I pull out the old Swiss Army knife, you know, yeah, I carried
0: yeah. So when I when I picture Still like do. yeah yeah cla- the classic region rats, I picture like uh, the movie poster of The Outsiders. That's kind of what's in my mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 It's it really uh, it was an interesting place. You know, it was the four step child of Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, the heavily industrialized area of the Chicago uh... the chicago area and it was unique uh... state of indiana really didn't like us want to claim us <laughs> chicago didn't like us want to claim us um, and so we kind of did our own thing uh... but it was it was a real melting pot a lot of people from eastern europe uh... a lot of people from appalachia had come up to work in the mills after world war two uh, a lot of people from from Northern Europe and things, and so you know there were German uh, influences, Irish influences, uh, Polish, uh, Czechoslovakian influences, uh, and really it, it was a unique place.
0: So you mentioned you went to Ball State yes. for college. Yeah.
1: Uh, what'd you major in? Political science and classical cultures. Okay. Two fairly useless.
0: What does areas classical of study? cultures consist of? Uh,
1: Roman Greek. Uh, Egyptian culture, mythology, language, things like that.
0: Yeah. You're probably get really good with trivia then, huh? Uh, <laughs> I used to be really good at trivial yeah. pursuit. Yeah. I, th- I think I, 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 I think I
1: went two or three years unbeaten in trivial pursuit back in the eighties. So, wow. you know. Yeah. okay. That's that's probably my little gold star.
0: So take us from the ball state era to South Bend.
1: Sure. Uh graduated from Ball State in O f or no in Oh four, gosh. I'm not that young. Uh, eighty four. <laughs> I wish I were that young. Eighty four. Uh, after Ball State, uh, I took a year off and then I went to, uh, uh, Emanuel School of Religion, studied theology for a year, uh, went back to Ball State, uh, studied urban planning for a year, uh, left there and took a job with the National Association of Realtors, uh, was out of money and needed a job and was getting married soon. And so, uh, it's kind of like most people that get into real estate, it's something you really didn't plan right. or chart a course for but I kind of fell into it uh, spent uh, about eight years with the National Association of Realtors after that I got out of the industry for a while was a youth pastor in the uh, the Chicago area with two different churches for about five years uh, got into uh, technology worked in IT in Indianapolis for a while uh, got back into the real estate world with the Chicago Association of Realtors uh, via technology uh, spent about Another eight years there uh, was the uh, the last gig I had with them was the director of member services, uh, started my own consulting company just as the recession hit. Mm-hmm. And so that lasted uh, about nine months before I had to uh, go searching for other opportunities and wound up in the transportation industry for a couple of years uh, uh, doing marketing and then after that, got back into the realtor world with uh, the Realtor Association of Southwestern Illinois, which was in Belleville, which is right across the river from St. Louis. Okay. And, uh, oh gosh, being a Cubs fan, was it was horrid. Yeah, so what uh, years just, are we talking? We're talking, uh, that would have been in 2010. Yeah. Oh nine.
0: Yeah. 10. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. brutal. <laughs> the, the, the Redbirds were much better than the Cubs, yeah, so it was it
1: was brutal. <laughs> but I did uh, one of the games I did go to late in the season was the final game of a sweep by the Cubs when the Cubs were the cellar dwellers and the uh, the Redbirds were trying for a playoff spot. And I got think to play spoiler. Yeah, 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 we got to play spoiler that year, so that was good. Uh, and then after that, uh, I wound up uh, getting an opportunity to come to South Bend with the. At that time, the Greater South Bend Mishawaka Association of Realtors, and uh, it was you know, closer to my home base, and uh, so it was a good move to get me back uh, reasonably close to home. So that's kind of my history of, of working with the realtor organization. So over you know, 35 years or so, I've spent about uh, 28, 30, about 28 years dedicated to the realtor world.
0: And I don't think you mentioned it, but you moved up to the CEO spot. Yes. Where, that you currently hold. Yes. Um, can you give us a little bit of background uh, for those that don't know on the organization's history um, on kind of a, more of a local
1: level? Sure. Uh, we've been around since 1916. Uh, chartered uh, in 1916 with the National Association of Realtors. Uh, the Realtor organization itself began in 1908, so we were fairly you know early on the on the scene. Uh, At the time, real estate was kind of a a Wild West sport. Uh, There wasn't any regulation. There was no license law or anything like that. And so locally, there was a trend uh, nationwide for uh, professional real estate brokers to group together uh, to share listing information and and also set some standards uh, for the industry because you had a lot of speculators that would come in, sell the same piece of property, 5, 10, 15, as many times as they possibly could, and then hop the next train out. Uh, and it, it really hurt the industry from the perspective of uh, people not trusting uh, the real estate uh, profession. And so the local r- real estate uh, brokers uh, grouped together and said, you know, we have to have some standards uh, we can stand for, uh, build a local organization so that people can trust us uh, as opposed to the speculators that were coming in and out of town and, and, and really selling people paper that it wasn't even, you know, wasn't worth the paper that was written on. Uh, and so that's how the realtor organization itself began. And then it, uh, uh, the local organizations turned into a national organization, developed the Code of Ethics in 1913 that was uh, put into place. Uh, again, uh, there's a difference between a real estate broker and realtors. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors, their state association and their local association. Uh, they're dedicated to a Code of Ethics uh they work together in terms of cooperating for the the general interest of the public uh to to promote uh, private property rights to make sure that the market is uh respected and that uh, it's done openly and honestly so it's uh it's a pretty good organization in terms of looking out uh for the public interest
0: and if i'm not mistaken somewhat recently you've gone through a rebranding
1: yes a locally yeah we you know, we used to be known as the Greater South Bend Mishawaka Association of Realtors mm-hmm. uh and and we were that for a number of years um and and it was kind of cumbersome and we were also you know looking at uh... what's our influence throughout the whole area and and you know we work with a, uh... a marketing company and and kind of thought well how can we rebrand ourselves and uh... we decided to uh... to go with the south bend area realtors as as our new name uh... it it really incorporates the entire area uh... and as you know as the area grows uh, do you add to South Bend, Mishawaka, Granger, and then New yeah. Carlisle? And then your name is you know three They're blocks like long and takes you 20 farm. minutes. Yeah. And before you even introduce yourself, <laughs> your time's up at any presentations you do. Yeah. And so uh, you know, we settle on South Bend area realtors. We we love St. Joe County. We love Granger. We love Mishawaka. We love New Carlisle. We love South Bend. Uh, we just want to to be able to. Uh, promote our identity throughout the entire county, and then South Bend is kind of the the marquee name that people, especially outside of the area, recognize more readily. Uh, and so, especially when people are looking to relocate, uh, if they if they focus on South Bend, we can guide them to the entire community uh, as well as just South Bend. So, so
0: what's what what's the uh, I guess size and duties of the staff that you oversee I mean what's that look
1: like sure we have a staff uh, myself included 4 full-time people Uh, the duties uh, vary from uh, just the the meet and greet uh, to the back office things Uh, we are part of a multiple listing service uh, where we share listing information uh, among all of our members uh, so that everybody has access to properties for sale uh, and and can share that with the potential consumers. So we work a lot at the back end on that. We're part of a regional MLS which covers two thirds of the state, uh, and so we work with software, troubleshoot that uh, for our members, uh, do member intake when when people join. We process their information. We put them into our database. Uh, our, a lot of our staff work uh, in terms of building relationships with the members. Uh, again, we have uh, one staff person. Uh, who works specifically with member intake and education. We have one person who works uh, most actively with our accounting processes. Uh, You know, we bill our members every other month for their MLS fees. We bill them manually for dues. And so uh, there's a uh, uh, a lot of things that need to be done in terms of just the accounting side. Uh, we have uh, a person that works directly with our marketing and, and promoting the organization, both internally and outside of the organization, within the community. Uh, and then I kind of have my hands into a little bit of everything as the CEO. And so I uh, work directly with the leadership team. Uh, and again, it's a volunteer organization. We have about 700 members. Uh, and uh, it's it's really uh, an organization where there's a lot of teamwork and a lot of job sharing.
0: So I want to talk a little bit more specifically about um, real estate in the age of COVID. Uh, it's probably a little bit different looking back at it now as a whole from when it started, but let's go back to being in your shoes mid-March, Okay. when everything is starting to shut down. Um, there's a lot of unknown pretty much everywhere. What's the initial thoughts running through your head?
1: Oh my god. <laughs> um, literally, uh, it, it, it was scary. You know, yeah. the, 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 My first thought was, OK, the economy's shutting down. The bottom's going to drop out of the economy and housing will come to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. And and we'd had, you know, 2007, 2008 was fresh in my mind when the real estate bubble burst. Uh, and then the, you know, it, it was impossible to sell homes and homes were upside down. And it, it was a very scary time for the real estate industry, for homeowners, uh, just for the economy in general. And then when COVID came along and, and all of the businesses that had to uh, basically come to a halt, you know, I thought, you know, real estate is going to dry up because people are going to be uncertain about their future. They're not going to want to invest in property. Uh, some people have just recovered from that long recession and and have finally rebuilt some of their um, their equity in their homes. And and I thought you know here they're going to start thinking they're going to lose the equity. Didn't know what was going to happen. And and my first thought again was that you know it, that real estate was was going to take a hard hit. Fortunately, uh, the governor. Uh, by his executive order when, when he declared a state of emergency indicated that real estate was an essential service. Um, that it was such a uh, integral part of our lives and the fabric of our economy that it was important that real estate transactions could continue both for uh, personal home ownership as well as for businesses because so many things were coming and going and coming and going in the, in the normal ebb and flow of, of the our daily lives in the business world that revolve around real estate. And so he identified very early on that uh, that real estate was an essential service. That allowed us to continue to work and, and uh, basically respond to the needs of, of, of people. Secondly, uh, when you looked at the way the governor viewed other businesses, um, we were able to uh, have uh, an economy that, slowed down but didn't stop as opposed to some other states mm-hmm. um, and, and and i think that made a big difference especially in indiana uh... we were able to continue uh, you when you look at the uh, the industries that that really had more of a shutdown and, and lost a lot of employees it was more the service industries retail uh... good industries good jobs but jobs that weren't typically career type jobs or breadwinner type jobs that you know paid the mortgage mm-hmm. and so from that perspective once everybody caught their breath uh, and realized that hey the economy's still going uh, you know we're I'm still employed uh, interest rates are great uh, there's still a demand um, you know I still need a home my family needs a home uh, that sales picked up we had you know maybe a three or four week pause where it slowed down a little bit uh, and then it started ramping back up and, and what happened, uh, it seemed like was that normally the the hot time for real estate sales is the spring market March, April, May, and June. You know Those four months are, are prime time for real estate because everybody wants to get into a new home as they're coming into summer so they have time to settle in before the school year starts especially if they have kids. People want to sell for the same reason so that you know those that are buying Uh, can have that opportunity to get into a new home when, you know, when they have time to to adjust to the new community for the new school year. Um, And so, so many things revolved around that. This year was different because of COVID and and, and it occurring right in that early part of March, late February is is when things started, you know, kind of indicating that there may be some problems with COVID. Uh, We saw March, early April kind of pause but then it started ramping back up again in in April, May, uh, and then our spring season really became June, July, August, September, uh, where uh, you know those four months so far have been the hottest months of the year in terms of both well, well physically it, you know it's, it's been a brutally <laughs> hot summer, uh, but for real estate it's been a hot summer too, and uh, and that's unusual. It just kind of pushed the you know the hot season for real estate back a few months, uh, and so we've been fortunate uh, again. Uh, that our business was protected uh, and seen as essential. Uh, we were fortunate to have a, a, a very good uh, interest rate out in the mortgage uh, industry and, uh, and a high demand. Uh, and, and still there's, there's uh, high demand, there's a pent-up demand uh, still holding over from the recession that's, uh, that has not yet been met. And so consequently we have a low inventory uh, which means there's a lot of competition for properties then that, are, that are on the market uh... there's uh... you know really uh, it's good to be in the seller's position because you're you have strength in the market so if you're wanting to sell now is a, a really good time to do that because there is demand um, but all those things have gone into play and uh... yeah were uh, we're hurting for inventory uh... and and that's the downside of this uh, a balanced market uh... is normally considered six months supply of inventory right now looking at uh, the most recent statistics from july uh, about 1. 1.6, 1. 1.7 months supply of inventory, wow. which is, yeah, it's really short. Wow. It's about a third of what it normally is. So,
0: so do you see that ebb and flow resetting post-COVID to where it then becomes kind of a March, April, May type situation again? Or do you think this momentum could carry on for a while?
1: Uh, it's hard to say. I, you know, I looked at uh, the last year and a half statistics, and last year, last winter, it never really – we, we didn't see the big lull that usually happens in December, January, February. That's usually the slowest time of the year for real estate just because of the weather issues. But we had such a mild winter that it really didn't slow down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it slowed down a little bit but not dramatically like it normally does and, and that's because there's still such a pent-up demand. And so it carried through. Uh, again, interest rates were great. Uh, full employment. Um, you know, people are very confident of the economy. Uh, a lot of spending power and so people uh, Said, yeah, now's a great time to buy, and, and so that's those are all factors that have gone into this market right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I looking in the you know the crystal ball, I think at some point we'll get back to that normal cycle. Just uh, we're kind of creatures of habit, mm-hmm. uh, but I I don't think they're going to be as dramatic as they used to be. I, I think there's going to be more of a continuous cycle of uh, slowing down, but not really dramatically in the winter months. Um, I think technology has made a big difference in terms of how people shop for homes. Uh, it used to be 15, 20 years ago, people were still wanting to walk through 10 to 12 homes before they made a decision. Obviously, if you have 10, 10 or 12 homes on the market, you can it. do that. <laughs> uh, but that's another story. Uh, but uh, you know, even five, six, seven years ago, because of technology, uh, a more savvy consumer uh, people would come to uh, a real estate office and already online through Realtor.com or Zillow, or somebody would have seen, um, you know, a lot of properties online, go through the photos, uh, look at the price points and things like that, and say, you know, these are the f- three or four I really want to see. And so, uh, in terms of efficiency, it helped the real estate community to really um, cut down on the amount of time that they have to spend with each customer client, which makes them more efficient, which allows them to service more customers and clients. Uh, And so, yeah, technology has has kind of hastened the process. COVID itself, uh, in terms of technology, uh, in in talking to different uh, tech gurus and and industry analysts, uh, they said COVID forced the real estate industry to adapt about five years worth of technology in about five months, which uh, realtors tend to be relational people. uh, While a lot of them are good at technology Uh, It's still a face-to-face industry from from that perspective of building relationships and trust and things like that. And so uh, to have that kind of adoption or adaptation to technology was amazing. It happened so quickly, and and it's happened so efficiently. Uh, That really surprised me. Uh, I thought a lot of people would be left behind technologically, but most of the realtors I know adapted and and adopted what they had to do to to continue to serve their customers and clients and, and work the market. So...
0: So you mentioned six months ago the big worry was um, basically an economic downturn, a recession, due to this. And I, I think the average person may not realize how strongly tied real estate is to the economy overall. Sure. Have, have you seen or read The Big Short?
1: Uh, yes, I have. I've, I've, I haven't read it, but I've seen. So can you basically pieces.
0: just like explain the 08 situation to like people that aren't as bright like myself, just like a very baseline <laughs> explanation <laughs> and why it was so. Um, so massive, such a massive blow to the economy?
1: Yeah, well, real estate 06, 07, 08, there was a sense on the part of the federal government that everybody, uh, you know, should be a homeowner. And and they, they basically uh, knocked down all the fences in terms of any obstacles to owning a home. Uh, and, and what happened was during that time period uh, people basically Got mortgages without really qualifying for a mortgage. Uh, they they overextend their credit. They use their homes as ATMs and and use the equity in their homes to buy the you know the nice toys that oh I'd like to have the boats the the motorcycles things like that. And then when the recession hit, uh, which was a banking problem, what happened was uh, people lost jobs. They no longer had the ability to. Uh, afford their mortgages, especially since prices had escalated th- through demand to a point where everybody thought that you know there was a constant appreciation of homes, and when the economy uh, hit recession uh, and people lost their jobs to the tune of about uh, eight or nine percent unemployment rate, maybe even as high as ten percent at one point. Um,
0: it's like a house of cards came coming. Yeah,
1: it basically it was a house of cards that came tumbling down. People couldn't afford their mortgage. Uh, banks couldn't hold on to them uh, because they were in trouble too. Uh, and what wound up happening was you suddenly saw a massive depreciation in property values. And so people had a situation where they had, uh, just using round numbers, say a $200,000 mortgage on a house that was worth one hundred twenty. Yeah. They couldn't sell it. Uh, the banks really didn't want it because they couldn't do anything with it and so uh, what you saw were you know some people had to do short sales where they were selling the property for less than its value and then they would have to deal with the bank to either forgive the amount of of money that was left over in terms of the balance Uh, then you had to deal with the federal government in terms of uh, having to claim that as capital gains on your taxes and you know it was it was it literally was a house of cards that came tumbling down uh, unfortunately, um, you know, it, it took us a long time to recover from that.
0: Yeah, so if, if you watch the movie Big Short, and I think they knew that, like, most people watching the movie would be like me like, not really get it. So they kept saying subprime mortgages over and over, mm-hmm. and then they'd use, like, Margot Robbie to try and explain in normal person's terms what was going on, and I still didn't quite follow. So that explanation actually helps a lot. Okay, so I, I kind of got what's going on, and hopefully it helped out some listeners. Let's move on to... Um, Back current day, community outreach um, that you guys do. I know you're involved with a lot of things throughout not only South Bend but the surrounding cities. W- what are some things you're doing on the community outreach side?
1: Sure. We uh, you know we believe that as an organization, uh, you know we're part of the fabric of the community. Uh, we add to quality of life. Uh, we're in many ways ambassadors for the community. And so we want to have uh, a hand in, in how to shape quality of life in the community. Uh, As a profession, we help people provide for one of their basic needs, a a roof over their head. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we also try to focus in terms of of other human needs, in terms of um, clothing and food. And so, you know, the three basic physical needs in life shelter, clothing, and food we try to meet those needs. We work closely with uh, the Northern Indiana Food Bank every year. Uh, in, in the past we've done auctions uh, d- uh, in conjunction with our Christmas party uh, to raise money for uh, the Northern Indiana Food Bank. We've done uh, different events throughout the year in terms of uh, food collection and, uh, and, and things like that just to, uh, to raise awareness of, of hunger and within the community. Uh, we've worked with Youth, spe- uh, youth Services Bureau uh, actually, uh, in October, we have a, a team that's going to be doing the over-the-edge program, oh, yeah. uh, where they're going to be rappelling off some I'll of the downtown ahead, buildings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, <laughs> we, we we tried to get a couple people that are totally afraid of heights to do that as well, just for for the fun it's of a it.
0: off putting. It, it, it was my first time last year. Yeah, day. it's it can I be intimidating. It be a problem, but that first step off, I was like, this is kind of a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's
1: it, it is it's a lot of fun though because because you see some people that. Uh, uh, that, that do that and it's a, it's a big step for them. I mean, literally, it's a big step physically and emotionally, uh, but then they come away from it thinking, wow, I,
0: I did this? Yeah, the high when you hit yeah. the bottom. is Yeah,
1: big. yeah, and it's amazing and, and it's, it's a fun way for us to uh, to help support an organization that works to uh, protect uh, some of the youth in the community and, and, and make sure that they have a lot of their needs met. Uh, we work with Habitat uh, for Humanity. We were a big sponsor uh, of the uh, Carter Work Project a couple of years ago, our our members raised almost a quarter of a million dollars wow. uh, for that that project alone, and uh, we've committed uh, uh, for the lat well ever since I've been here for about nine or ten years now uh, a significant amount of money as well as hands-on work uh, each year on on some of the the projects that they try to do again uh, shelter food clothing uh... we work with other organizations locally uh... that support the real estate market uh... the uh... mortgage bankers association the home builders association uh... we work with the human rights commission uh, every year in terms of uh... Um, uh... their hud workshop and uh... the luncheon they do calling attention to equality and fairness and uh... we really want to make sure that our uh... our organization is is really uh... a part of the community we work hard to build relationships with uh... uh... with county government with city government uh, and and uh, really use those relationships to call attention to some of the needs uh... uh... within the city in terms of economic development uh, in terms of housing issues uh... politically we try to focus on housing issues uh... we speak on behalf of the homeowner more often than not. Uh, About 75-80% of our issues focus not on our own issues as an industry, but on uh, property rights and home ownership rights and things like that. And yeah, sure, you know, once in a while we have to, to talk about our own issues in terms of, of the needs of our members, uh, whether it's tax law or things like that that impact them as independent contractors or whatever. But uh, when we go into uh, a legislator's office or go to Capitol Hill uh, once a year uh, to talk to, uh, to Congress about uh, the issues. Most of the time we're talking about home ownership issues, private property rights, and because of that, us being advocates on, p- on the part of those, uh, those issues, uh, we're not calling attention to ourselves as much as we are to uh, the American dream of home ownership and, and building wealth through, through real estate. So uh, those are some of the things that we do. Uh, other community groups that we've worked with in the past, um, Chamber of Commerce, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we support the Chamber of Commerce and their work. I serve on a committee for the Chamber and, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that just slipped my mind here for a moment. Well, it's um, good when there's too many. That's, yeah, that's a good exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we, we recognize that what the Chamber does in terms of promoting the business community and the work that they've done, especially uh, the past few years uh, when we had the Regional Cities Initiative uh, in terms of and applaud them for their work and pulling that together and, and looking. Again, beyond just St. Joe County, but incorporating Elkhart and Goshen and, and other communities so that we could t- together take advantage of, of this regional cities initiative uh, and applaud them for their efforts for that. So, you know, we we like being involved with the community. We feel as though, uh, you know, we have to in- invest ourselves in the community heavily uh, to be a legitimate organization that, uh, uh, that cares and, and helps this community grow. Uh, it's It's... In everybody's best interest uh, to have quality schools, quality housing, uh, quality infrastructure. You know, we work on uh, promoting uh, some transportation issues, such as the double tracking of the South Shore. Uh, some of the uh, issues that uh, our state association dealt with that is outside of the real estate was uh, the transportation bill of a couple of years ago. You know, we said, hey if Indiana is going to be a player in and attracting business and tr- attracting uh people to the state uh to live work and play here uh we have to make sure that the transportation infrastructure is uh is the best it possibly can be and so those are some of the things that we've supported in the past uh in terms of our advocacy efforts
0: what's a typical day look like for you <sighs> are any two the same and really okay. you know uh through
1: covid a lot of it has you know i i I've, I've pretty much been more contained to the office than I normally am. You know a lot of Zoom meetings. A lot of. Are Z- you about tired of? I'm them? so tired of Zoom Are meetings. Are you
0: always wearing pants in Zoom meetings? Um, <laughs> most of the, yes, yes, most okay. of the time.
1: Sometimes a couple times my pajamas when I was working from home. So there we go. But uh, you know that's, I think everybody's in that same boat yeah. right now. <laughs> um, but uh, typical day before COVID, um, out in the community, um, meeting people, meeting. Uh, legislators meeting uh... councilmen for for lunch and just talking about issues uh, going to meetings with the home builders association mortgage bankers uh... chamber of commerce uh... going to uh... city council meetings uh... you know i almost feel like on monday nights i live at either uh... The city hall it's uh... <laughs> south bend or mishawaka um, and, and it's a great way to connect um, one of the things that that uh i look at in terms of being involved in that way is we don't always have issues that we need to bring to the council's attention but if i'm there all the time and aware of all the issues that are going on with the city um it gives me uh, and our organization uh a little more credence and credibility when we do have an issue Uh, we don't just come to the meetings when we have an issue we're there to see what's happening within the community uh, you know, what's being rezoned, what what issues uh, with the police department are being dealt with by the council, what, what issues in terms of the schools are being dealt with, uh, so that we know what's happening within our communities. Uh, and uh, then when we do have the opportunity or the need to weigh in on an issue, uh, people can say, yeah, we're there and we're aware we're not just you know concerned about what we need uh, on, a, on a very individual or selfish basis you know we like to to know what's happening within the community and and speak out on some of those issues when we can support other groups and and uh, uh, see that uh, the community is growing in a, in a positive way
0: do you have one or two pieces of advice for somebody that would be looking to get involved um, in real estate
1: yeah um, do your homework um, you know that's that's first and foremost the key uh, understand what real estate is. You know, a lot of people I talk to think uh, it's an easy job. It's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not rocket science. But again, uh, it depends on understanding the market. It depends on understanding finance. It depends on understanding zoning and other issues. So you have to be aware of all these things that go into real estate. Uh, you have to have great people skills um, because it is again, it's a relational business uh, where you're dealing with with people. Um, home buying generally it's an emotional decision and so you have to you have to understand that your role when you get into real estate is one you're an advocate uh, and you're there to hold the hand of the person because you have the knowledge and the expertise of what happens along the way so that you can kind of talk them down when 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 they're kind of out on the ledge Mm -hmm. and thinking do I really want to do this or this didn't happen the way I thought and and you can uh, can help them understand and, and, and step away from the emotions a little bit um uh, the second thing is in terms of doing your homework be prepared uh, real estate is a hundred percent commission job you know, it's not a nine-to-five job where you get a paycheck every two weeks um, I always recommend to, to people who are coming into real estate that they have one of two things in their corner either a years well six months to a year preferably a year's worth of income in the bank that they can live off of because uh, it might take you six months or more to get your first paycheck, uh, you know, from developing relationships. Because, again, you have to build the relationships. You have to uh, understand what's happening in the market. Uh, real estate, even though it's it's a daily occurrence, uh, you don't always build the relationship or have that person that you can connect with the property uh, every day or every week. And so you have to be patient. You have to know what's happening. Uh, you have to, uh, you know, literally be ready to uh... forego any income for a long period of time uh... and so you have to have that money in the bank or you have to have a significant other in your life that is taking care of your your basic expenses at home uh... so that you can ramp up your business uh... and so uh... what we've seen in the past in terms of people who come to real estate uh... uh, it's been a you know a a second income for a family uh... where you know maybe a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad uh, decides that they want to jump into uh, a career uh, that has some flexibility, and it does have some flexibility, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it, it's not as flexible as everybody thinks it is because, uh, you know, you have to be available when people oh, well, are available. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you know, your your weekends in real estate are somebody else's weekends, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and and your evenings are time when people are available because they can't look at the home while they're at work, and so they expect you to be available evenings and weekends more so. So it does give you a little bit of latitude during the mornings and and earlier part of the days, but a lot of your prime time in this industry is weekends uh, and evenings, and so you have to kind of understand that as you as you look at the. Uh, Uh, the career opportunity Um, it's it's lucrative Um, you know the sky is kind of the limit on your income depending on how hard you're willing to work and the market you're in Uh, you know it's uh, you're you're subject to to those two limiting factors and that's pretty much it Um, uh, it's it is it is a great career Um, but again uh, what we see is is that it's usually the the second or third or fourth career choice of people for some reason Uh, most people don't plan on going into real estate right out of high school it's something they fall into down the road either they find out that um, you know, they don't fit well into a 9 to 5 job routine or they're just wanting to change from something they've done for 20 or 30 years and they're ready to retire from that and, and move into something else that they find interesting uh, and so uh, it's really a very non-traditional uh, career for, for most people and, but uh, again we're starting to see people come to it younger and younger uh the average age of a real estate agent is about 58 in this country, 57 58. Really? But in the last 2 or 3 years, I've seen a growing number of people under 30 uh that are are joining our organization as newly licensed re- uh real estate brokers uh and joining the realtor organization and uh, that's exciting to see.
0: Do you know if that number holds true here? They're like 57 58? It's
1: it's pretty true here, is yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, right. it's and like I said, with with uh, the retirement of the baby boomers and, and, and things like that, we're starting to see that shift down a little bit, but it's still solidly in the 50s.
0: Okay. Awesome. Are you ready to do some answer the internet questions?
1: I sure am. Okay. I, f- I feel like <laughs> that I'm... That seemed a little apprehensive. Yeah, well, you know.
0: <laughs> do you play basketball at all? Very poorly. Okay. So... If you had one free throw and if you make it, I'll give you a million dollars. Okay. But if you miss it, you can never text again in your life. Are you shooting?
1: I'm shooting. Yeah? Yeah. I love it. Shoot your shot. I I wouldn't miss texting at all. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Would you rather be stuck in Jurassic Park or Jumanji?
1: Ooh. Ooh, ooh.
0: Let's say for a week. A week. (sighs) Ah.
1: I'm, that's a tough one, boy. That's, that's, that's almost right down the <laughs> middle. I'll take Jurassic Park. Yeah? Yeah. I yeah. think
0: th- the advantage of going Jurassic Park is it would, it would kind of be cooler. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something out of the, you yeah. know, you can always go to Africa and, yeah. be and do Jumanji yeah. thing, but yeah, you can't really, I mean, You can't see a T-Rex yeah. roll. No, no. The I mean, honestly, speaking for me, I'm dead either way. Okay. So I might as yeah. well go out <laughs> well, with dinosaurs and all yeah, that. You yeah, you um, know. Would you rather have wet socks for an entire year or a cold for an entire year?
1: Oh, wet socks. Really? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah.
0: I'm talking 24 hours. You're sleeping in these things. Yeah, That's okay. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, have you ever been stuck on an elevator? Yes. Oh, man. Tell me about it. How many times? Just once?
1: Just once, okay. and it was like only for five minutes or so, but, you know. Are you claustrophobic at all? No, I'm not. Okay. But I was with somebody who was a little claustrophobic, and they got a little antsy. Yeah, it was... So you're trying to out, make yeah. small talk and distract them and things was it like a, that.
0: Was it recently?
1: Uh, about seven or eight years ago, yeah.
0: And you were cool as a cucumber, all good. Uh, yeah. You, you Did s- you have cell service?
1: no. No.
0: Oh man. Yeah. And uh, you yeah, you, you get to the point where yeah, you start
1: wondering how long is this gonna be and you know, and and is the you know, you, you always see in these movies where all of a sudden the elevator just drops twenty floors and things like that. And you and start thinking dead. that starts running yeah. through your mind and so like, <laughs> you just kinda of put all those things out of your mind and go to the small talk and start doing trivial pursuit and things like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course. You think you could beat Tom Cruise in a fight fist fight?
1: Oh man. Jack Reacher. Let's see, I'm channeling Danny LaRusso right now. <laughs> I could be draw. OK. Yeah, I'm okay. A, I'm a little taller than him. Not yeah. much, a little taller than him, so I have a little longer reach. He's so probably I think a I taller than him than you think. Yeah.
0: I, I, he's a pretty little guy. Uh, would you rather go 50 years into the future or 50 years in the past?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I've been 50 years in the past. So.
0: 50 years, let's say. Because I'm, fi- we'll I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm at, in my, I'm, I'm, at your I'm my late 50s. At your current age, you could go 50 years in the past.
1: Okay. I love history, but I'm kind of one of those boldly-go guys, so I'd, I'd go to the future.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Do you, do you worry ever? I ask, have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Yes. And, you know, Brooks gets out of jail. Spoiler alert if you're listening, and he can't really hold on, and then he get the Brooks' here. Is there any worry that that would happen to you that you're like, I can't keep up 50 years from now? <sighs> I mean, what if people are flying around like Marty McFly? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, find me a hoverboard, and off I go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it'd be exciting, you know. It, it's it's kind of like, you know, jumping into Star Trek or Star Wars and just seeing seeing what's out there. Who would win in a
0: fight between 10 10 year olds and a hundred a hundred year olds?
1: Oh, the ten year olds in a heartbeat. Think, so oh you know, yeah, yeah.
0: You, you don't think the uh, the experience of the hundred? year No, no, <laughs> not
1: not over the energy of a ten year old, especially if they just had a Mountain Dew or something.
0: If you are going on a first date, is it acceptable to pay with a gift card?
1: That's kind of tacky. I'm
0: saying like with no shame. <laughs> like you're not sneaking the gift card, you're just like whipping it right down on the bill. Nah, that's <laughs> that, nah, no, that's that's, not, really my, no that's not my that's not my style, not my <laughs> style. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um so would you rather live like middle of nowhere Iowa, so like the most remote area of Iowa, the swamps of Louisiana, or Alaska?
1: Alaska. Yeah? yeah. Have you been to Alaska? No.
0: You, you'd think you'd hold up all right oh yeah yeah, yeah. are you I, an outdoors guy
1: yeah I've done a lot of backpacking hiking I oh, was okay. in Boy Scouts uh, yeah yeah I, I, I there are times when I think you know I, I could be a lot more content and shouldn't tell the real estate community this <laughs> but I'd be a lot more content living out of a tent than a house so you know
0: if if I locked you in a room and I said you have to physically count out loud to one million and if you do it I'll give you a million dollars you can't leave the room until you're done you think you could do it
1: um do i have food and water because it'd take a while to count to a million
0: it would i'll give you a 24 rack of dasani (laughs) that's all you get
1: (laughs) yes i would okay yes i would
0: (laughs) how long do you think it'd take you to drink all the water in an above ground pool like a standard like circle family thing? oh my gosh there's actually that's like what a a thousand gallons
1: something like that It's
0: like kind of a right answer I, I know a the ballpark. There is kind of a right answer if you drink, like, a gallon a day. But off the top of your head, how long do you think it would take you?
1: Oh, probably three years.
0: See, that's a good – I think it's, like, closer to 20, was it? But, I mean, we've had people be like, oh, yeah, a couple days, I'll knock that out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Which, Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're reading the story of your life and you got to present day, mm-hmm. would you keep reading knowing that you can't change anything?
1: knowing that i can't change anything oh no because i like change
0: okay yeah okay so for the last one here we're gonna go you're a general in the civil war okay okay so we're talking i'm not i get to ride a horse rather than yeah yeah. yeah. i'm I'm not (laughs) a historian but we're talking a while ago you're a general in the civil war you can have a modern tank you can have a 2020 tank or you can have a trained (laughs) t-rex <laughs> which one do you want
1: <laughs> well let me see I've already been to uh, to Jurassic Park
0: <laughs> yeah, so you'll take so the
1: I'll take the M1A one Abrams okay. yeah
0: okay yeah awesome so when do we wrap
1: up is there anything you want to plug oh gosh just you know Realtors believe in the American dream um, and it's what sets this country apart from most other countries in the world is the ability to own your home own a business um, build your wealth uh, through a very simple process of buying land. Uh, it's worked for 250 years. Uh, it's going to continue to work. Uh, it's a great wealth-building tactic, um, and it it's something, uh, especially home ownership, that builds community. It improves our lives. Uh, statistically, you know, uh, families are happier, healthier, better educated when they have a solid home environment, and that's. Uh, that's just what I want to leave you with is, is that's what realtors do. That's what we, we try to do is we try to really emphasize the quality of life in a, you know, via home ownership. Um, and uh, and it's, it's something that's been with us for 200 years and hopefully will be with us for another 200 years or more.
0: Awesome. Thanks for the time today, Myron. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. But y'all play in a row? Put that on
0: anything that I got and all I care about is my city, man. I can't say it enough. I done heard things about y'all that they can't say about us. I just hold it down for my side. I just hold it down for my set.
1: I give everybody a piece of this and I make do
0: with life. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast.